Today is part two of our chat with Wes King, founder and CEO of Tahoe Trail Bar. Wes continues to blow our mind with his insight, his practices, and his tale of a guy crazy enough to load an insane tonnage of energy bars into the back of an old Subaru and go sell them the stores. Wes shares some advice on managing yourself in times of doubt and also shares his powerful morning routine. Let's get right to it. Straight from the boardroom to the microphone, I'm April Garcia, and this is Pivot Me, easily applied tools and hacks to get you ahead. This isn't just a podcast. This is an upgrade for your life. Helping good people become even better. This is Pivot Me. So there's a there's a there's a book that I read uh, that I think is a really great book, and I'm sure you've heard of it, and I'm sure your listeners have too. That it's called Digital Minimalism mm-hmm. by Cal Newport, mm-hmm. and um, and that book gave me a lot of insight into the biological nature of distraction, right? And and how our brain actually becomes distracted, and and what things like technology do to sort of hack, if you will, and take advantage of our mm-hmm. um, distractible brains. And um, and then there's another book that I'm reading now, um, too, that has kind of a further deeper dive into that. And it's called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by uh, mm-hmm. Joe Dispenza. Oh, and, I love uh, that guy. Yeah. I love that guy. Yeah, I, I do, too. He's a, he's a really very cerebral, very um, uh, scientific uh, take. Mm-hmm. on understanding the you know the power of your brain and mm-hmm. and uh, all the way down to like the quantum level but but Cal Newport in digital minimalism takes it from a a more like contextualized reality of what's it like to live in the 21st century when you have a computer in your pocket and an answer to every question and an opportunity to answer emails while you're holding your 1-year-old and feeding them a bottle and you know, turning a show on for your four-year-old because you, you know, blah, 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 like mm-hmm. all the different things that we do as, as sort of modern humans. And what was really powerful for me and what helped me become a more equalized version of myself was this realization I had from reading digital minimalism that I needed more offline activities uh, present in my life. And my wife is so good at this. And for the longest time, I just didn't see the point. She would she would draw and she would uh, doodle and she would journal and she would craft with my son and build things out of popsicle sticks. And, and I just didn't realize that as a human being, working with your hands and creating something and being present with your child and creating something together is not just, you know, things for four-year-olds and moms to do. It's actually what humans have been doing for thousands of years, right? We go pick up things in the, in the you know, world around us and build a little, you know, house or we, you know, do this or that or the other thing. Like there's, there's all these different opportunities to create in reality. Mm-hmm. And, and we interact on Instagram or we do these different, you know, whatever it is that we think we're doing to create community but it's actually an artificial sense of community. Mm. And, and as I've gotten better at offline activities, and for me, it's guitar, it's writing songs, it's um, being a creative. Um, and, and as I've gotten better at doing those things, it's, it's really grounded me in my life. And it's, and it's made me realize that those things are not 
time wasters or things to do every once in a while, but they're actually pieces of my life that are really important to continue to, um, to nurture. Yeah. And it's, it's a reprieve from the like beta state mind, which Joe Dispenza gets into a lot. Um, that like rat race sort of fear-based fight or flight mind, uh, that a lot of us operate in way too much of the time. Uh, and it allows you to get in this kind of creative, expansive space. And, um, have you, have you ever been somewhere? I was at an Airbnb a couple of weeks ago and it was kind of up on a hill and outside there was this beautiful tree and the wind was blowing. And I caught myself looking out at that tree and watching the wind and how it interacted with the leaves and the sound it made. And it was kind of a, it was kind of a strong wind. And so it was, it was just, this, you know, it was just, whoa. And I, I was, I was sitting there thinking like, what is wind? And change of the pressure and like all the different things and like the earth and like the earth is alive out there. And I'm just sitting there and probably 10 or 15 minutes went by and I'm just sitting there staring at this at the, it's right at the break of dawn. And I was in that, that lower alpha theta brainwave state. And all of a sudden it just, it just occurred to me like that is the resourceful, creative healing state of my brain. Mm-hmm. And when I'm constantly in the beta state of my brain, I'm trying to solve all the world's issues and get this done and make a to-do list and go there and do this. And am I doing everything I can and what I can always do more and I lack and uh, fear and uh, that's all beta state. When you're sitting watching the trees spontaneously, the realization comes to you that like doing less is actually doing more. And mm-hmm. um, and, that, and that you really have the opportunity to, to heal your your reality by giving your brain a break and being in a creative space building popsicle sticks you know i i do um you know magnetiles with my son which i don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. magna magnetiles but uh, i have another friend that juggles you know like that, that you can put yourself in this in this sort of meditative state and this stuff is really really helpful i mean like transformatively helpful for me because yeah. I was running myself ragged by having that cortisol coursing through my veins all the time, activating all these fear hormones because I'm in this, oh, am I doing enough? And and that's what helped me become that equalized version of myself. Um, yeah. yeah. That, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I was just thinking about when you mentioned about meditation and, and kind of putting yourself into a different state. I know that you have a pretty... Um, like pretty committed morning routine. Can you talk mm-hmm. about like what you do in the morning to yeah. get you in the right mindset and teed yeah. up for the day? Yeah. It, my, my morning routine has evolved over time, you know, and it's, and it's definitely changed since I've had children. It's also become increasingly important for me to make the space to have it happen anyway. But here it is. I'll, I'll give it to you how it is right now. And then I'll tell you how it's evolved. Uh, right now I wake up I try and wake up between 3.30 and 4.30. So, and it depends on the previous night. My wife and I go to bed at 7.30. Um, our kids go to bed at seven. We have 30 minutes of either, you know, watching a, a show on Netflix or just talking in bed. And then we go to bed at 7.30 and at the latest eight. Um, and then I try and get eight hours of sleep. and my morning routine starts from having enough sleep. I don't do my morning routine if I go to bed at 11. Um, sleep is, for me, biologically just incredibly important. And my wife will tell you, I'm completely useless <laughs> if I don't get eight hours of sleep. Um, it colors my reality in a negative way. 
So eight hours, period, the end. Um, but it is, assuming that uh, between 3.30 and 4, I, I try and wake up. Sometimes like today it was 4.15, right? And I give myself about 10 or 15 minutes to like get my body going. I uh, mm-hmm. usually drink 16 ounces of, of clean, good alkaline water and just get my you know, get the creaks out of my bones. And I don't try and go to the meditation cushion just straight out of sleep because I, I kind of feel like, um, it, it just, it doesn't work for me. So, so, so then I sit down and I meditate, um, and I use a offline timer. Uh, it's called a polder, uh, kitchen timer, uh, P O L D E R. And I got it on Amazon and, and you can set, <laughs> is that the one you used to bring to the meetings? Yeah, okay. totally. Yeah. And, and, um, it's really important to me that I don't interact with my phone to mm-hmm. set a timer or with an app to, to log my meditation. It's, it's a offline analog timer, um, which is a vibration ending. So it doesn't have a beep ending. Um, and so I set that and I meditate, uh, usually for 15 minutes, just silent meditation, no guided meditation of any sort. And I watch the breath go in and out and, uh, and, and, and I, um, will, um, usually in that space have lots of thoughts come and go, sometimes get attached to, to a tangent. Sometimes it's my brain trying to solve things. It's different every time. Sometimes I become this triangle of light and feel totally connected to the universe. You know, it, it just depends on the, on the way things are that morning, but for the most part, it becomes a really transformative experience by the end, no matter how I get there. And then as, as the time winds down, I usually know the time is ending within a minute or two and try and sort of settle out of, of meditation state. And then I journal, um, right after that, usually about a page to a page and a half of like a, a moleskin journal. And I ring a, um, a bowl, a singing bowl. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you know, I try and go read some some inspirational literature of some sort. Um, Joe Dispenza's book is what I've been reading lately. Before that, it was uh, Cal Newport's book, Digital Minimalism. And I'm always reading. I'm always, you know, uh, have a pencil. I'm underlining. I'm, you know, writing. I, I put post-it notes on pages with my own thoughts, you know, same thing. All, the, all this kind of stuff. And, um, and, you know, that takes me to about 5.15. And then my son starts to stir and wake up usually a little bit before my wife. My Our one-year-old is still sleeping until six. So my wife tries to get a little extra sleep because she still wakes up with the baby. And that's what it is right now. That's kind of my that's kind of my uh, routine. Then as, as the morning wakes up a little bit, our family has a routine where we try and all uh, capture affirmations in a journal. Each person says their, their affirmations for the day. Um, and my sons are are so beautiful, you know, like he will, his are so simple and, and, uh, we've encouraged him to come up with his own, but we've also, you know, helped him along with some guided kids meditations and stuff like that. But I feel like that's really important for kids, especially young kids that are that pure self-conscious, you know, mindset, uh, theta, uh, brainwave state that, that they have good thoughts running through their head. And so I try and continue my morning routine by, by passing along what I'm sort of aligned in as I move into the day. And then my wife and I have told you about this, have this thing we do at the Gottman Institute where we write a note to each other, a gratitude note to each other. So I do that when my son's waking up and then I check in with my wife um, and say, what do you have going on today? You know, how can I help? How can I support you? And she does the same. And then I usually leave for work about 7.15, 7.30. Um, and um, the other really important part of my morning routine is I do a really 
nutritious super smoothie uh, with this stuff called green vibrance and uh, you know spirulina and um, bananas and uh, uh, amino acids, trace minerals. Like I, I really try and get my body just really juiced up with some vibrant nutrition uh, in the morning, and then try and have a really clean diet. I have a plant based diet and. Um, that helps me continue that high vibration state, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we don't have to get into like how my routine evolved to where it is now, but I've been meditating for about 10 years mm-hmm. and it has gone from a lot of just sort of sitting and not really knowing what to do. Or, um, I've just, I just got a cushion and started sitting. Um, I have had periods where I've been into yoga. I've had periods where I've been exposed to Eastern traditions of how, they see uh, meditation through pranayama and breath work and things like that. I've read books on meditation. I've, I've gone to retreats. It's kind of evolved over time. Yeah. Are you struggling to stay focused? Still need to get things checked off that to-do list, but finding it harder than ever? Be productive, be effective, and perform at your best. Even though the world has changed, this is still a great time to get work done. In my new digital course, Multiply Me, I'm going to show you how to be laser focused and wildly effective. You will learn how to get three times as much done, but in less hours a day, even now. You can literally multiply your output. You can master a productivity tool today that will give you a high performance advantage in any season. Join us at pivot-me.com. Leverage this window to take back your time so you can enjoy the life you've earned. And if you can't wait for the full Multiply Me digital course, I see you. I got it. You've got stuff you need to get done now. We've created a free guide, four simple steps to getting more done in less time. In these short videos, I quickly show you the four main steps to productivity to getting more done, the right things done, but in less time. To download your free copy and have it in your inbox ASAP, go to pivot-me.com. Get the four simple steps to getting more done in less time. So between the meditation, journaling, reading, affirmations, you definitely have a, a solid morning routine. Is there one, would you say, and perhaps it's meditation, would you say one, like just using kind of like the 80-20 rule, like which yeah, one of those sure. yeah. is the like, I can't do without this. Like I, I can't function at the highest level without this thing. Yeah. It's so funny because right? because I remember reading about morning routines when I when I was first starting to do what I do now. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking those people are smoking crack. <laughs> like how in the world do you have that amount of time? Yeah. Like. Right. Well, how in the world do you get up at that time of the morning? Mm-hmm. And, and, or, you know, I just remember having all these thoughts about that. And, and now what I a think bunch about, of losers. And now, and, well, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Now, now I, now I listen to what I just said. And I think, God, that takes forever. Like how, how in the world? And, and, but the, but the reality for me is that it built up over time. Yeah. And, and yeah, the f- absolute crux of it is meditation. Meditation. Is, is remembering that I'm not myself, you mm, know, like okay. I'm not the Westness of everything. And, and just being a little bit disconnected from from the egoic part of myself uh, for a period of time every day is is by far the most important thing. Wow. Um, and if that doesn't happen, even if the meditation is just 
by all me- you know air quotes sucks you know like it just it, you, i just feel like what was the point of that like i'm just a mess today uh yeah the the day i have after that is totally different than the day i i wake up in a hotel with my kids and and we're just trying to go out and get breakfast and i just don't meditate like mm-hmm. sometimes when we're traveling and i just don't sure. don't do my routine i just don't feel as grounded or rooted or connected mm-hmm. or synchronized or or whatever the word is you want to use i just i'm not not the best version of myself mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and and when people say like i can't meditate I, my brain goes nuts i'm like that's me too you know and i've been meditating for a long time and and it gets better over time and it gets better with some quality instruction and it yeah. gets better to know that that other people struggle with that even after meditating for a long time yeah but but i think you know somebody was saying to me the other day that like uh, a spiritual master is not someone who doesn't have thoughts it's someone that knows how not to attach to those thoughts in a mm. very personal and egotistical kind of a way mm. so so they still have a human brain. They still have a prefrontal cortex. They have. They still have the, the biological hardware that we all have. And they've tested and said that theirs does freak, you know, operate at a different vibration and frequency or whatever. But, but I, I, I take comfort in that. I take comfort in the fact that like we're all still here having this human experience. Yeah. And 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 the conversation I was having with a guy this morning is, you know, that we have the luxury and the opportunity to continually react. Um, to life in real time as a learning experience. You know, we continually have this, this, this lesson presented in every moment of like, are, what are you going to do with this one? What, mm-hmm. how are you going to do this? And, yeah. and, and as an entrepreneur, that's it for me, you know, like what's coming up next to, what's the next opportunity to learn. And, um, I am more open and more receptive and more available to be in that mindset more frequently. If I meditate, I bet, uh, yeah. I bet. And I, and I think that when when you're faced with problems, aka challenges, opportunities for growth, right. like um, I, th- I would imagine, this practice really makes it so that you are you're handling them completely differently yeah. versus just being reactive and like mm-hmm. just have a, this emotional response. Yep. If if you kind of frame the day, I'm a big believer of win the morning, win the day, and the way you win your morning is kind of setting it up well the night before. But like right. you kind of frame it as okay, I'm not just going to be reacting to my day. Instead, mm-hmm. I'm going to be really intentional about it and also. As these challenges arise, which they will, because we're human, and as yep. long as we're living, we're going to yep. have problems and challenges. But I've decided how I'm going to respond to those things. I think that's inc- incredibly powerful. I imagine all. I mean, this you do a lot of mindset work. It's got to permeate yep. everything you do, whether oh, yeah. it's you know just your business and everything yeah. that you're doing. It's got to be uh, really affected by this, positively affected by this. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So many things to. Uh, by the way, about the Gottman Institute. So yeah. I started doing that. We started oh, cool. doing that about a week ago. Beautiful. Yeah. So thank you yeah. for that. It was a few months late, but yeah. um, it makes a difference. Yeah. It really yeah. does. To give everybody context, there's a there's a PDF you can download off the Gottman Institute website, G-O-T-T-M-A-N, called the Six Hours to a Better Relationship. And and there's lots of different you know components to it, but uh, it's really inc- been an incredible help to my wife and I. It also has this other visual that I think is really good, which is the the relationship house, you know, and the it's built on, you know, the foundation of trust and compassion for each other. And, and it's got all these different layers and rooms and, and whatnot. And but it's amazing how much of your relationship uh, can be improved just by expressing gratitude to one another. 
and looking for the positive in your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that one thing has improved everything about our relationship. And, yeah. And all the other pieces of the six hours to a better relationship that, that are components of that, checking in with each other, embracing each other, going on dates, checking in for an hour a week, all these different pieces of it um, are definitely born out of the daily practice of, of that. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, yeah. um, I, I obviously I have a, I lean toward working on things and mm-hmm. I really want to do and, and try and, and be better. And, sure. and, and that mindset I think is a great mindset. And I'm very, very grateful to have that thirst to continue to grow. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I've definitely realized lately is that my wife and I are different in that respect. And and for us, finding the way to become closer without her having to necessarily match my energy for constantly trying and improving and doing and doing and doing, um, the Gottman Institute's really shown us that middle way. Mm. And it's also shown me that the the strength of her, you know, uh, and, and how deeply present she is you know i'm (laughs) the irony of me trying to be present right (laughs) you know while nicole just inherently is present and and really has this uh, this um you know uh very sweet stillness to her and um i think it's one one of the things that makes our relationship really work well but um the lesson for me in that and the probably the lesson for a lot of entrepreneurs is this um you know concept that we could talk about for much longer than, and we might want to earmark this for something other, another opportunity to talk, but this concept of allowing, right? Um, uh, allowing what is to unfold as opposed to trying to just force the square peg into the round hole or, um, and, and setting up the operations, the systems, the processes, the, you know, the measurables to allow your business to unfold as it should. And, Mm. um, this is a really fascinating thing. Another tangent, probably another opportunity to talk at some future date. But uh, I've been uh, really fascinated by uh, feng shui. So setting up your space to flow in such a way as to allow things to unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the way that your space speaks subconsciously to you, your clutter, you know, what that says to your subconscious mind about what you prioritize and what you need to take care of that you're not taking care of. And um and Nicole and I have done that for our home. We've, I've done that for my office and and really set up um, my space to be conducive to that uh, allowing of energy to flow. <laughs> Again, it sounds, it sounds sort of ethereal. It sounds a little bit ungrounded, but it's actually one of the most grounding things, I think, uh, hmm. is to take your space really seriously. You outer know, outer yeah. order, inner peace kind Absolutely. of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it's another thing that that I practice and have sort of played with lately. Yeah, that's a good reminder. As you're talking, I'm thinking about all the pages on my desk right now. I have like four, the four by eight whiteboard Mm -hmm. in my office and there's always notes up on it. And it was funny because I used to face that and then a gal, actually she's really into feng shui, but um, an interior designer um, friend was in my office one time and she said, it looks like a war map. And I go, ah, it's kind of a plan of attack, I guess. And she said, how can you be at peace staring at that all day? Mm. And it was, it gave me pause. And I thought, mm. I thought she's has a really good point. And so what I did yeah. is I switched the direction of my desk. So now that sits behind me. And instead I got this giant picture, this like, I don't know, six by eight foot. It's, or it's giant picture yeah. of Banff. 
because I'm like, she's like, what could you stare at that would bring you peace? And I was like, hiking, you know, mountains, put me in the mountains. And so now there's this giant picture and it has two kayaks on the side and it looks like the same color kayaks that we used to have. And so I imagine like going out early morning, going on a kayak, you know, you know, kind of putzing around the lake and then coming back and going on a hike through the mountains. And so now I stare at that instead. And it was such a simple little change. But she said, I could not be at peace if I was staring at that all day. It's the same as staring at that tree, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it puts you in that resourceful, creative brain state. Yeah, I think that's that's really important. That's a huge shift. Yeah. I mean, like, huge shift. Huge. um, I think a lot of people could say, what what in my space is, what is my space telling me? Um, I think that's a really good point of what is my space telling me because... Yeah. It's easy to just let things kind of filter in. And, and it's funny because I'm now I'm off on a bit of a tangent, but um, I keep saying to a couple of friends, man, the older I get, I'm like, is this is what midlife is where my yeah. space affects me so much more than I used to. I mean, I could work wherever I could sleep wherever I was just yeah. like, yeah. you know, and that's born yeah. out of partially necessity. Plus I've spent years being a backpacker and, yeah. you know, like I could live in a rucksack and travel through 10 countries. Totally. No problem. Totally. I was like, it doesn't matter where I sleep or eat or, you know, yeah. and what I'm finding now and I'm rounding the season of my life, I was like, oh, my space actually matters a lot. Like yeah. I want to face a window. I want to have bright light. Like I want to have, you know, sunlight coming in. And if there's a lot of clutter, like I feel disorganized yeah, and I don't right. feel ready to like, all right, I need to move in this. Ah. Yeah, I'm just realizing that my space really affects me. Um, And again, the older I get, the more pronounced it is. Yeah, me too. For sure. Maybe the wiser I get. I'll say that. The wiser I get instead of older. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really, yeah, it's interesting. And so, okay, so when I'm just thinking back to the business piece, because you have built this this amazing business that Mm -hmm. is contribution focused, that is, that brings in so many of these amazing core elements of of you and what you believe. And you have built this this team and this company around this. Um, One thing that we were were discussing before we were sort of online was it's easy once we're we have a measure of success for people to go, oh, yeah, 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 that's going to work. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's he's going to make that work, that initiative, that company. Um, but was there a time where maybe it wasn't going to work? Maybe yeah. it, it, whether that was in your own head or maybe people close to you were saying, mm-hmm. Wes, how about how about a day job? Or maybe this idea is just not going to work. Yeah. How do we deal with the doubt? Yeah. Yeah. There's been yeah definite points where the business was running out of gas. And that gas at times was my own inability to have enough hours in the day to do it, uh, all the different facets of it. Or sometimes it was the inefficiency of not being able to scale. Um, Sometimes it was operational failures, problems. And as we talk about a lot in EO, like cash is the oxygen of your business, Mm -hmm. right? But sometimes cash can't solve problems. You know, cash sometimes can be your biggest problem um, because you can spend yourself silly without really knowing if you're if you're building a, uh, a a business that has a hope of returning a profit at some point. Mm-hmm. So, if you take my business in its infancy, in the first year we did fourteen thousand dollars in sales, mm-hmm. right? And and there was no profit, but but even if we had achieved the profit at that amount of top line revenue, that's like not even close to even being possible to do anything. Like you can't even put gas in a car with the profit from a $14,000 business. So it's like, how do I get from 
$14,000 in sales to $200,000 in sales to $500,000 in sales. That's what, that's what it was for me. Mm. Like my, my core moments when I was the most doubting, uh, the viability of my business were when I saw the problem most clearly and I saw the least clarity of how to get from where it is to where I know it will create enough profit just to pay me, mm-hmm. right? So I'm at $14,000 in sales at the end of the first year. It's $36,000 in sales at the end of the second year. So did you say you didn't take a check for- Five years. Five yeah. years. Well, f- there were checks, but they were like, they were like reimbursements and distributions. I mean, I wasn't on a salary. Like a salary I, my yeah. business wasn't making enough money to put me on a regular salary for a long time. And wow. I was putting expenses into the business that were commingling with me existing. But um, but it, you know, that crux point for me was year two to three, where the business is showing massive growth, mm-hmm. top line growth, but mm-hmm. uh, which is your your sales number. But I wasn't making a profit because I was dumping every dollar I would make back into making more bars and getting mm-hmm. bigger. And, you know, it talks about in Greg Crabtree's book, Simple Numbers, you know, growth sucks cash. You know, uh, Vern Harnish talks about that in Scaling Up, too. It sure does. You know, and and so the more you grow, the more money you need to keep growing. And so sometimes people doubt themselves when they say, well, I got everything I wanted. I got $200,000 in sales and now I need $150,000 more to double my business again because I got to buy more inventory. And that's the nature of my business. I'm in an inventory business. So I need to have bars to sell to grow. And so banks won't look at you when you're that small. Uh, they're not going to give you a line of credit. So you got to either get money from your you know, friends, your family, or from profit from the business, or you got to slow your growth down mm-hmm. and take the longer road to, to getting to where you want to go. And that's what happened for me. I slowed my growth and took a longer time to get there so that I could retain all the, you know, ownership of the business and so that I could maintain it's I call it autonomy. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that your answer was to slow it down. There's a yeah. um a a friend I actually work with his his um him and his wife's amazing branding company. Yeah. Um Rory Vaden, he's author of uh, uh Take the Stairs. Yeah. And he says this line, I Roy, I don't know if this is your line or if you're quoting it, but I'm giving you credit right now. It's uh go as fast as you can, but as slow as you need to. Yeah. And I find myself kind of yeah. using that as a mantra occasionally mm-hmm. as a reminder because I'm I'm yeah. someone who just gets really focused and I'm like, I know the path and I I just will charge ahead. Um, and it's a good reminder to us all, regardless of where we are sort of in our business trajectory is yeah. sometimes we have to sacrifice a little growth and slow down just so it stays yeah. sustainable. Absolutely. I mean, there's, hey, there's always going to be inflection points in your business where it's time to either slow down or it's time to be uncomfortable and speed up, you know, yeah. and there's times to take advantage of opportunities that may be a little bit out of your comfort zone or a little bit out of your ability to explain it in your numbers. And you just say, I know I need to do this. I yeah. know I need to take this opportunity. But but like the, the real core of your question is like, how do you deal with the doubt or the doubters mm-hmm. or the, um, you know, the moments when you're like, okay, great. I have a bunch of sales, but I don't have any profit. And my wife's kind of scratching her head and saying, when are we going to have kids? And are you going to be able to support us? You know, like what's the, <laughs> that's the question. Yeah. That, you know, that's not a it's business very question. Real. That's a relationship question. And so, and um, for me, I think a couple of factors presented themselves. You know, I had the luxury of not having children when I was in the real growth phase of my business. And I understand that's not always the case for everybody, but 
Um, for me, when I was at those real doubting points, like switching to a bigger manufacturing facility, when my car broke and I needed to get a better delivery vehicle, you know, these were big expenses for me at the time, you know, uh, or big switches and big disruptors for, for the business. Um, it always helped me to make a plan. And, um, and I've used the traction operating system to do that. Um, I've, it's called the vision traction organizer, um, which is a, uh, it's actually a two page strategic plan. Uh, one that defines who you are as a business, your core values, your niche, your proven process for doing business, and then what you're going to do this quarter and this year to achieve a three year and a 10 year goal. And, and then you track all the problems that are, that are keeping you from getting there and you try and address those problems so they don't continue to come up, right? And this is a process that came up for me after a long time of just going around with a fire extinguisher and putting out fires, you know, as they came up. And I learned probably too late to plan. And, and my lack of planning and my lack of ability to sit down and just make a plan probably cost me a lot of money in the process uh, and certainly inhibited me being able to grow more quickly. Mm-hmm. But but as we've been talking for a little while now, you get me uh, when I say it's always been a, a path and a process and a experience of growth that was about a lot more than just business. Mm-hmm. You know, I you know th- this business has worked me into the person that I am, but so has being in a relationship with my wife. So has being a father. So, is, you know, there's there, I'm a I'm a continual work in progress in every facet. But. But if I had to look back and tell somebody one thing, you know, to 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 give them a little bit of reprieve in a time of doubt, it would be plan, 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 Mm -hmm. like write down a plan and vet it with two or three mentors. And if you don't have mentors, learn how to behave as a mentee um, and find great (laughs) mentors, you know, like, you know, find great mentors. But but understand that when you ask for help from somebody that is that is uncomfortably uh, above your skill level, respect the shit out of their time mm-hmm. and only take as much of it as you need to get the questions answered. And then if they suggest you do something, you better damn well do <laughs> execute it before you come back and ask them more questions. And, and, and like as a mentee, I was always really, really respectful of my mentor's time, mm-hmm. but they were the ones that helped me plan. And mm-hmm. they gave me a lot of their time. Because I continually came back to them. Because you're behaving appropriately as a mentee. I think that's so profound because I, so I was a real estate investor for years and years and years. I started really young. Yeah. And what I saw, what that means is that when you're 19 and you own real estate, all your friends want to know how to do it. Yeah. And again, we're kind of turning back the hands of time a little bit, but everybody would always say, well, teach me how to do what you do. Teach me how to do what you do. And what was funny was that I was willing to. Sure. And yeah, absolutely. Like I'll come, I'll show you the properties. Um, you know, I'll, I'll walk you through exactly what I do. I would have given them every piece. I mean, I was like an open book. I will, I will every book that I've read, every conference that I went to, but what amazed me is they all said, Oh yeah, I want to do it. I'll do whatever you say. Mm. They didn't do any of it. They didn't do any of it. They wouldn't even like show up when they say that they wouldn't do any of the task. And I was like, Oh my gosh, guys, you say you're going to do these things, but Anyways, um, I think that's really, really good advice because so many people are like, oh, I'm going to find a mentor and then I'm just going to ask them everything. I'm like, if you can Google the answer, you better Google it before then you go and take their time, their precious, precious time. But if you do those things, they will give you the world. They will. They will tell you everything you want to know. It's just be a good student to them. This has been a 
an amazing, amazing conversation. Let's uh, let's bookend it just in the interest of time. Um, I definitely no want to say, well, l- let me do this first. Where can our listeners find you? Where can they connect with you at? Yeah, they can find the business uh, at tahotrailbar.com. And you can learn more about our products. We have vegan, gluten-free, plant-based energy bars that taste amazing. Mm-hmm. And we're on a mission to impact a thousand miles of trail over the next 10 years. Perfect. You can find me on LinkedIn. And um, I also have, you know, I mentor people and coach people and, and help people out. And so if you are more interested in that, I have uh, a website for that personally too. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's westkingcoaching.com. So, okay. Yeah. And then we'll, we're going to drop them in the show notes as well. Yeah, um, for sure. Just so people can get connected to you. Um, through that. Yeah. Wes, thank you so much for your time. My not, pleasure. not just time, but your insight and your wisdom. I mean, it's so profound, the things that you've learned in your time and not just the things that you've learned in your time, but the way that you've processed those things. Yeah. It's a huge gift that you've given us. So, Thanks. yeah, well, it's, man, I tell you, we're just, uh, we're all just on this path together. I mean, <laughs> that's the way I look at it. Is, right. You know, I'm the product of great people uh, that have helped me along the way. And mm-hmm. it's a gift to know you. I appreciate you taking the time to bring me in and talk to me. Yeah. Thank you. We're all, I always say we're all just doing life together. So that's it. That's, that's it. We're all just trying to figure it out the best we can. Yep. Awesome. I agree. Yeah. Take care. All right. I am just a product of great people who have helped me along the way. Though Wes has brought so much value to the show today, sharing so much wisdom, he still maintains his humble perspective. I keep coming back to a few key points that Wes made in our chat. One was, is everything happening in your life an inconvenience or an opportunity to learn? Man, that just covers about everything that could happen in life, right? I mean, that's kind of a catch-all, but it's just this subtle little shift in your mindset that really changes how you're going to experience in life. The second thing I keep coming back to is his comment on if he could give one piece of advice to you um, to give you reprieve in a time of doubt, it would be to plan, write down a plan and vet it with two or three mentors. I think that's really, really sage advice. So go check out Wes at tahotrailbar.com or see his link on uh, pivot-me.com slash podcast, our link. Uh, Hear more about this business leader, this outdoors enthusiast, father, husband, and just all around amazing human. Until next time, keep growing into that best version of you. Stay connected and we'll chat soon. Thanks. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at the April Garcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors, and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.